What's up, everybody? This is Gary from Hoops and Cards. We are part of the NoOffSeason.com Sports Card Network and proud of it. Also, be sure to check out HoopsandCards.com for all of our information, links to our Discord, blog articles for the upcoming NBA season. And of course, shout out and thanks to our affiliates, Market Movers. You can save 20% after a free 14-day trial. Visit MarketMoversApp.com and use the promo code NOOFFSEASON. Whatnot, get a free $15 credit on Whatnot by joining through Whatnot.SportsCardStrategy.com. And Graybos, shout out to Graybos, get 10% off any purchase at Graybos.co by using the promo code STRATEGY2023. And now let's get down to business, the podcast of Hoops and Cards. This episode is brought to you by Paramount+. Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG-13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. What's up, Hoops and Cards? I'm Paul Hickey, co-host of the Sports Card Strategy Show right here on the NoOffSeason.com Sports Card Network. Don't forget to check out all the other great content we have on the network by visiting NoOffSeason.com. And of course, check out all the great content Gary's putting out at HoopsandCards.com. All right, everybody, here's Hoops and Cards. Thomas, rookie on rookie, the pull up for three! Hey everybody, it is barely a week into this NBA season and today at Hoops and Cards, I am excited, pumped to finally bring on Chad Gill from the Sports Card Strategy Show. Chad, Dr. Chad, has been a listener and a friend for a long time from a distance, but Chad, it's great to have you on Hoops and Cards, man. Finally, we're doing this. I am so excited and pumped to be here, Gary. This is uh, this is a thrill for me. Love the podcast, love what you're doing. Um, yeah, this is this is awesome. Basketball is my is the love of my life here. So that that's the one sport that uh, hits home. That's awesome. Well, and we we connected way, well before the Sports Card Strategy Show. Thanks for listening to to Hoops and Cards um, and reaching out. I believe we messaged on Instagram a few times. But to get to hang out with you on the show, I can tell your love for basketball cards. I mean, you understand the other sports and and invest off and on in those, right? Like what percentage would you say is basketball compared to other stuff? You know, the fun, <laughs> that's the funny thing. I probably have 50% of my collection is baseball. Um, okay. <laughs> and, and about uh, 30% of it's basketball, but uh, I played, I was, I was basketball through high school, got recruited to play college basketball, uh, turned it down to, uh, stay in the car business. Uh, my father had a car dealership and a service department and a body shop. And oh, wow. I grew up in the car, the car business. And I knew that he would struggle if I went off to college. So I decided that, uh, I was going to, uh, forego college 
and get right to my career. So I went to a two-year tech and uh, took over the business with my father, which I don't regret it for a day. But I did have basketball scholarships to play for UCLA, Stanford, and University Whoa. of Wisconsin. Whoa, okay. So well, I, I could play some hoops in the day. I guess so. That's awesome. That's very cool to know your background. And we got guys before the show, Chad and I were talking and realized that my wife is from close to the same town in Wisconsin. I love it. Um, some of our listeners may be wondering where did he get this strong Wisconsin accent? I, <laughs> it's, it feels like home to me too, Chad. So um, glad that you basketball is part of your DNA. Then it's not like part of it your is. story. I love it. When did you get into basketball cards? Um, I started unfortunately collecting basketball cards right after Jordan cards came out. I, I, I collected when I was a kid. So I've got a lot of mid seventies to early eighties, um, including the uh, two complete sets of star cards from the early eighties. Okay. Um, and then like everybody else, uh, I quit collecting in the mid eighties and I didn't start recollecting again until after, uh, I got out of college. So there's about a 10 year gap from 83, 84 until 94, 95 uh, when I started collecting again. And of course that was the, uh, the year of the Jordan. So I have, I have one Jordan rookie sticker uh, okay. card um, that's in pretty good shape. I'm afraid to get it graded. Cause I'm, I, I don't know if I want to find out if it's a four five, six or eight. Um, yeah. But, uh, but yeah, so um, early eighties and then mid nineties all the way to present. Okay. And when did you, like, was there something in the last maybe five years where you're like, I want to get more serious about the investing aspect of it or the flipping even the, the card, because the market went way up a couple of years ago and now it's way not, <laughs> you know, it's, yeah. it's kind of connected, but what got you, how have you been the last few years? Well, so my, I have, my oldest son is 17 years old. Um, and when he was five or six, he started getting interested in Pokemon cards and that really refueled the flame. So, and, uh, he was born in 2006. Um, and then, so around 2010, 11 was when he started bringing home Pokemon cards. And so that was really what started, uh, refueling the, the engine that could, if you would. Um, and I, and I, as I started looking for Pokemon cards for him, I started looking for regular cards for me again. Um, and eventually he kind of outgrew the Pokemon and really got invested into the, the sports cards with me. And okay. so for the last eight to 10 years that he and I have, have really enjoyed uh, collecting personal collecting. He doesn't get into the flipping. He doesn't, he hates the flipping aspect of it. He's like, he just wants to buy a card and keep a card. He's, he's like a hoarder when it comes to cards. Um, He's like, why did you sell that card, Dad? <laughs> you know, um, but uh, I explained to him I got to sell them in order to pay for the ones that we're keeping. Um, right. But uh, so yeah, it's my son really that that fueled, uh, refueled the the fire, um, and that was back you know around you know the 2010, 11, 12, um, and then I started flipping cards again around 2015, 16, and that's just built bigger and bigger from there. And then like everybody else in 2020, it almost became a full-time job. Yeah. Yeah. So, so our, so we know where you're coming from a little bit. Like, is this, is this now beyond hobby and is it like a side business for you? It It is. Um, it's, it's hobby because I consider myself to be a collector first. 
although uh, I'm thought of as the expert flipper. Um, <laughs> I, I'm, I, I am a hobbyist first. Uh, I, I love, you know, I've got over a million cards in my collection. Um, so I'm a collector first, a flipper second. Um, but I've gotten really, really good at flipping in order to be able to keep the cards in my personal collection and grow them as well. So, um, gotcha. I have done enough flipping that, uh, I now have to claim it on my taxes. So yes, it's a, it's a side hustle. Right. eBay's making you, uh, they're sending out these at end of year tax statements for any income made and. Yeah, and I'm above. I'm above even what the old thresholds used to be. So I, I'm I'm getting that now every year, whether I want it or not. Gotcha. Well, I mean, it's good to hear. Like, uh, there's a lot of us that are trying to balance the the budget, the 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 profitability of any of this. And you you used the phrase "expert flipper" a minute ago, and I know you say that with humility. Like, you're good at it. And uh, I'd be curious as we here we are talking about the first week of the NBA season and there's this excitement basketball cards. I don't know if they're front page for the general sports card collector yet, um, but, but at least they're on the table, at least they're in the news and uh, big, big moments like the Harden trade or Cam Thomas being back and just going off or Giannis and Dame Lillard playing together for the first time. Like what I'd be curious, what are some things that at the very first month or first couple of weeks of the NBA season that have stood out to you as this has an impact on cards? Well, Wembenyama obviously is the first oh. one. Um, generational talent uh, seems to be everything that uh, the hype built him up to be. Now, whether or not he can stay healthy long enough to um, earn the title that he's being given as the next great thing uh, time will only tell on that, but there's no denying the, the kid's talent. Um, I just can't get that block out of my head in preseason where <laughs> um, you, you see it all over the internet where he's, it looks like he's flying through the air like Superman blocking a three-point shot that's looks to be 20 feet up in the air when his hand is, you know, swatting that ball. I'm sure you're familiar with what picture I'm talking about, but I just can't get that image out of my head. I mean, that guy is, he's, he's a bit of a freak. Um, but then I was watching, I'm a little disappointed because last night I was watching the Suns and the Spurs game mm. and the Spurs looked so bad that I went to bed at halftime. And I thought this same, game is same. over. I thought this is just embarrassing, disgusting. I'm on the Vassell guy. And I'm like, he's not even doing much. So I went yeah. to bed and go on. Yeah. And so I went, I went to bed and I woke up this morning and I'm like, what happened? <laughs> and um, a 20 point comeback in the last six minutes of the fourth quarter. <laughs> uh, I, I don't think that happens with Beal and, and, uh, and Booker on the floor, but but still, the fact that they did it and these young kids hung together, um, th that's 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 one of the surprises. Um, another surprise to me is the Mavs. I mean, three and zero. You know, are you are you kidding me? Um, <laughs> th that's a team that looked like it was ready to blow up last year, missed the playoffs, and uh, they started off three and zero. Luca, I mean, what is he averaging? Like forty point thirty nine points a game in his first three games. Um, he looks like he is bound and determined to prove people that, Hey, the Mavs are for real. Uh, he is on a mission mm -hmm. at least early in the season. Um, I would, I would say that that those are the two things that have stuck out to me more than anything. Um, 
I love, you know, I'm a Bucks fan being from Wisconsin. So the freak time, as they're calling it, uh, Dame time and Greek freak put together is freak time. Nice. I, think there's, nice. I think they've sold something like 100,000 freak time t-shirts in Milwaukee already. Wow. Um, yeah, Chad, so, we got to come up with a phrase like that. That's yeah, I mean, we got they copyrighted it already or something. But I, I remember that just watching um, the Bucks and was it the Sixers the first night? Yeah, yeah, Bucks and one I, by one. Yeah, I was I was impressed with uh, the Sixers even keeping up. We'll we'll get to that. But I um I can't believe how Dame just took over in the fourth quarter and said, "Get on my back, and we're going." And I think didn't he have thirty nine points? And yeah, and then the next the next game. These guys are human, right? Dame did not have it. Well, and and Dame said, you know, in the interview after the second game, he said, he said, listen, um, I'm going to have more games like the Sixers game than I am with the game tonight. Right. Uh, my career tells you uh, I'm going to be just fine. But mm-hmm. he said every now and then the hoop has a lid on it and it <laughs> the, the ball just don't go in. And tonight was one of them nights. Um, and, but he said that, you know, the, the great thing about and when he was in Portland and that happened, he was in trouble, but now when that happens, he's got the Greek freak to go slam that lid off, you know? Right. And, and what did Giannis have that? I think Giannis had 34 points that game. So the fact that they complement each other so well with the inside out game, I think long-term is going to spell trouble for the rest of the East. Oh yeah, I I don't know if you heard our my episode on that. I think Milwaukee's going to win the title this year. I do, I, and I do. I I do. I think the ups and downs of the first week. I mean, I I'm also doing a fantasy team this season, and I love the guys on my team, but um, some of them I I can't believe how amazing they're playing. I know it's not going to last at that level. Um, just being realistic, and there's some that are be or that are terrible. I'm like crap. You know, um, some of it's health. Some of it's just got to shoot yourself into shape, like get get in the basketball flow. Some of it's Chris Middleton's minutes restriction. Um, like I, the, every everybody's dealing with something. Um, I'm like, as far as the the guys that have stood out, you mentioned Wembenyama, um, the Mavericks a little bit. Have you had any success flipping cards in the first week? Like, are, are you, have you bought well, cards, sold? I'm I'm glad you asked that. So yes, with Wembenyama, uh, I've made a, a fair amount of money with my Wemby cards. Um, I've got two more mm-hmm. that the auction, auctions end tonight uh, on eBay, and they're already considerably up from what I paid for them. So um, in the first week of the season, I'm probably going to net four or five hundred dollars profit from Wembenyama cards. But outside of Wembenyama, I do not recommend selling basketball early in the season. It's a mistake. It is a mistake. Hear that? And we, we didn't even compare notes like about this, this train of thought, but I fully agree with you. Keep going. I'm, I'm with you. Well, so, I mean, I'm old enough to do this. I've, I did this way before um, COVID happened and all the pandemic happened, which kind of just screwed up the whole entire market as we know it for a couple of years. It just got turned on its ear. But things seem to be going back to a more traditional style of predictability of ups and downs in the market. And it used to be even basketball cards would start to slide mid-October Right as the season was starting, most of the cards were still sliding, were holding steady, would you? 
and they slide all the way until the early part of December. And by mid-December, people start to think about the new year and who's going to be an all-star. And all of a sudden, you see NBA cards start mid-December ticking up. And after the first of the year, some of those cards just skyrocket up. And then all-star time is a great time to flip some cards. Right. Um, but right. I'm I'm still in buying season on basketball. I'm not even thinking about listing or flipping any basketball cards right now. I think uh, I think selling basketball right now is a mistake. Amen to that. And um, yeah, right right now, I, one of the players that we that I think we should talk about in the first week is is Cam Thomas, uh, yeah. guy that, that last season flashed and his card market spiked for a couple of weeks and his name got out there. And then he went back to the bench behind Mikel Bridges. Now Brooklyn seems to want to use him as a starter alongside Bridges and Ben Simmons and Cam Johnson. If he's healthy, like he, he, it looks like he's got a role like in the regular rotation, 25 minutes a night and he's averaging 30 plus. Um, I don't, I don't know what your take is on him, both as a player and as a as a card investment. Well, uh, Cam Thomas, uh, if you have Cam Thomas and you want to sell right now, I certainly understand. You know, we as a card flipper, you take your opportunities when you can get them. So I say, if you want to sell Cam Thomas, now is a great time to sell Cam Thomas. His his cards are up tremendously. However. I am not selling my Cam Thomas right now. I've got a half a dozen of them um, and I'm holding them and I'm holding them because I think as much as these cards have spiked, if this guy puts up 30 points a night and it ends up being considered or making the all-star game, I'm selling minor on the all-star break and it, the people that sold them right. early in the season could be very disappointed that they sold prematurely. So sure. I I think Cam Thomas could be a you know a middle to long term hold if he is going to continue to 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 just dominate offensively the way he's done in the first week of the season. So say I'm I'm listening right now, which I am. Like one of our listeners is like, all right, I I feel you. I agree with Cam Thomas. The guy is a, a walking bucket. Like he can he can score at will. Doesn't matter who he's guarding or wh- or when he's playing or how many minutes he gets. He just feels he just knows how to score, and uh, say I want to get in on some Cam Thomas action, like you said, buy now and maybe flip during the All Star uh, hype, you know, leading into that, or buy closer to Christmas, maybe give it a few weeks. We are in November now, but like give it a few weeks, buy Cam Thomas at your price. What what would you be looking to buy at this point? What what kind of brand or what type of card? Well, I would be looking for optic hollows, prism silvers, and rookie ticket autos. Those are the three uh, cards that are most liquid. They're the three cards that you stand to benefit and gain the most money on. Um, and the even though they're so from the prism silver and the optic hollow, I'm probably looking to buy PSA tens already graded because they have a very low gem rate. But from the optic or from the uh, rookie ticket autos, those have almost a 65% uh, PSA 10 gem rating. I'm okay. looking to buy rookie ticket autos raw, and I'm sending those in. Matter of fact, I've got three of them at PSA right now 
and I'm hoping to get them back in time for the all-star break. Um, and I'm, I plan on cashing those in at that time. Okay. And when you say buying uh, and then possibly having them graded, are you buying on eBay? And, and if so, like, what's your, see, I don't, I don't want to buy a card and, you know, from, I'm hesitant I, right now I'm in this phase. I don't know if I got burned or what, but I'm hesitant to buy ungraded cards online because then you get it in the mail and it's like, this, this doesn't look like it has a chance to PSA nine, let alone an eight. Yes. So of, of the three cam Thomas's I have at PSA now, uh, one I bought at a local, at a, at a card show, uh, one I bought, um, on eBay and one I bought on Facebook. Uh, so three different places, Mm -hmm. um, with, with eBay, uh, for those listening, uh, a really good practice on eBay is I won't buy raw cards from anybody on eBay. Uh, first of all, that has a, has a very low seller rating. Um, so I'm looking for the top rated sellers or the consigners. Those are the people I'm looking for to buy from. I yeah, will yeah. not buy, I will not buy from anybody that has, I always look to see what the seller's other items are. And if they have the majority of their cards are ungraded and they have a, you know, one or two graded cards, that's fine. But if the majority of their cards are graded cards and they just miraculously have this ungraded card, I'm not buying from that buyer because chances are that card is not grade worthy. I look to buy from people that typically majority of what they sell are raw cards. You have a much higher likelihood of getting a card that will gem if you do that. When you do buy from a buyer or from a seller that you get a card, when you send it to PSA and it does gem on you, immediately go back and save that seller so that you mm-hmm. have mm-hmm. so that you have a list of sellers that you're buying cards that gem when you send them in. That way you're creating a network of trusted sellers um, from your own buying experience. And you're also limiting your chances of getting a bad card by buying from somebody that is selling graded cards. That's great. Yeah. I hope you guys all heard that. That is, that is great advice for buying cards online. And by the way, I think it's also good advice for buying cards in person. If the dealer or if the shop has lots of graded cards and they're selling a couple raw ones, that look good to you. I'd want to know the history of the card. Like, did they just get it this week or can even ask them directly? Do you consider grading this? <laughs> you know, yeah, right. Um, and maybe they're just out. They're just down on basketball for now. I don't know. Um, but guys, that sounds like a great uh, strategy with a guy like Cam Thomas. Uh, in a moment after the break, we're going to talk about a few other guesses that uh, Dr. Chad might throw our way. Players that are emerging from the the, the background or from the bench to be impact players in the NBA, but man, yeah, Cam Thomas, it, it feels like a good time to jump in and, uh, and take a risk. I, I have a few in my watch list right now, Chad, that are Cam Thomas autos. And yet I'm, I don't love the sticker autos anymore for some reason. I, I guess it's just uh, something better about a uh, the, the thicker cards, the impeccable, like, what do you think of that line of national treasures, immaculate, the, the, cards with a patch on them are, are those better or were like more special or more, I don't know, resale value on a, on a flip, or is it best to like pick the ones, you know, everybody's looking for prism optic. 
Make sense? Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I understand the question. Um, the thicker cards grade really tough. So yeah. the the impeccable, um, the national treasures, extremely hard to gem 10. Um, anything that's thicker, anything that's that's thicker than your standard card stock has a has a difficult time gemming. Um, your your obsidians, um, you know, anything like that. Uh, it, it, it's difficult to get a gem. So I tend to, unless I'm looking for them for my personal collection, and I think it's a cool patch auto, I tend to stay away from patch autos or mm. I will, I will buy it and flip it raw. I will not grade it. I, I am very, very hesitant to grade a patch auto card just for yeah. the simple fact that um, nine out of 10 of them are going to come back less than a 10. So, so I'm very careful with those um, sticker autos. Don't bother me. Um, okay. I know a lot of people hate them. <laughs> I don't mind them. Uh, an auto is an auto, whether they signed a sticker or they signed the card. I prefer on card autos obviously would be better, but a sticker auto doesn't bother me. What bothers me is when somebody was sloppy at Panini or tops and the sticker auto is on there crooked or mm -hmm. half mm -hmm. of the signature is missing because they yeah. signed the sticker sloppily and somebody at Panini or tops didn't care. And they stuck the sticker on the card anyways. Right. That's the type, that's the type of stuff that bothers me, but as long as it's a clean auto, I don't, I don't care if it's a sticker. Nice. All right. Well, Hey, let's take a break and uh, we'll be back in a minute to talk about the, uh, the guesswork, the guest players for this season. Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. Dreaming of a better sleep? Tossing and turning is not your destiny. And Ollie is here to help. Ollie invites you to sink into sweet, sweet slumber to improve your mental and physical health and overall wellness. More than just melatonin, Ollie's ingredients help you unwind your mind for a delightfully dreamy drift off. Sleep is on the way at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. <laughs> Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening. It means a lot that you would listen to our podcast and take some time. Love for you to follow up by checking us out at hoopsandcards.com. Remember, we are part of the nooffseason.com sports card network. Thrilled about that. And they bring us so many resources as basketball card collectors and investors, like our partnership with Market Movers. You guys can save 20% on this great resource after that free 14-day trial. Just check out marketmoversapp.com and use the promo code NOOFFSEASON. And whatnot, you get a free $15 credit on whatnot. Who, who turns down free money? I, I don't. But you join through whatnot.sportscardstrategy.com. 
And then, of course, Graybos. Get 10% off any purchase at graybos.co by using the promo code STRATEGY2023. Friends, thanks so much for listening. I hope you'll tune in next time as we continue overview and encouragement for you, the basketball card collector and investor here at Hoops and Cards. Have a great week. See ya. Kind of on these rhinos.